0: Greetings commanders and welcome to the Conclave. The Conclave is Lave Radio's community invite show where we throw open the airlocks of the Orange Sidewinder and invite commanders to come on and discuss a hot topic of the moment. This episode we will be focusing in on Horizons. Is it hit? Is it a miss? Is it a maybe? We've talked at length about Horizons on this show, and we're all a bit self-confessed fanboys, so maybe it's time to bring in a little bit of balance to our conversation. We are a little bit predisposed in this show to look at the ED universe with our heavily rose-tinted Remlocks on. So tonight, hopefully, we've got a slightly more balanced panel of opinions to explore this Horizons topic with us. So, let's find out who's joining us in the Orange Beacon of Broadcasting for this show. From the crew, we have our Head of Station Archives, Mr. Colin Ford. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, Colin. Uh, a commander whose name should be familiar to our long-time listeners of the show, a name that produced fear in many during the early Alpha and Beta uh, sessions, that's uh, Commander Snuffler.
1: <laughs> Good evening.
0: Good evening, sir. How are you doing?
1: Oh, good,
0: good. Excellent. Uh, We also have Commander Vante N on, a.k.a. David.
2: Good evening. Thank you very much for the invitation.
0: (laughs) Good evening, sir. Uh, We also have Commander Nexus Reject, otherwise known as and...
3: Greetings, commanders.
0: And finally, a guy who has been on the show a couple of times before, and we always just bring him back because it gives me a couple more opportunities to get his name completely wrong. It's uh, Ian Honcharenko.
4: Hey, guys. Um, Goose4291 from in-game.
0: Uh, I, was, I was just about to say, I've completely forgotten what your commander name is. <laughs> Don't worry, I've got your back, shipmates. But. <laughs> Okay, if you wish to uh, follow along live and get involved in the chat channel, we are broadcasting live on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash radio. We are also in the IRC chat channel at uh, lave Radio on Quakenet, which you can access through laveradio.com forward slash live. Okay, folks, so well, let's just jump straight into it. Uh, obviously, Horizons Elite Dangerous Season 2 is out there in the wild now. It's been out for a few, uh, a few weeks. Uh, and obviously, as far as the crew of the Orange Sidewinder are concerned... Yeah, there's a few things that we'd like to like, change, with it, but, you know, for heaven's sakes, guys, it's Planetary Landing. You know, this was the Mecca. This is what we always wanted. So, you know, what we're going to do now is we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of, you know, is it as perfect as uh, as we think it is? Or, you know, because uh, is there a little bit of room for improvement? So before we do all that, uh, let's go around. Let's uh, have a quick introduction as to who the uh, who our guests are. Who do you fly with? What affiliations have you got? And what are you currently enjoying in-game at the moment? Starting with, who should I pick on? Ian, let's start with you, sir. Uh,
4: Fair enough. Well, I'm Ian. uh, Goose4291 in-game, as I said. Uh, Long-term Imperial. And I currently enjoy long walks around the beach and UA fishing and delivering them to Obsidian Orbital. Um, I also fly at the moment with EDC's Achenar Immortals Group.
0: Great stuff. okay, uh, and what about you sir? Uh,
3: I have no current affiliations really at the moment. Uh, flitting between all sorts. I'm currently trying to rank up in in the Imperials just so that I can get a decent ship down there. but uh, I have no real affiliations with other, other flies. I, I tend to wing up with uh, ad hoc people, you know, just people online and stuff.
0: Okay, cool. so what's your current rank in the Imperial Navy?
3: Uh, I'm, I'm one below Baron,
0: I think. Oh. Yeah. Okay, somebody help me out here. Is that good, bad?
3: From what I can remember, I can't.
5: <laughs> <laughs> You're one off getting the rank for Clipper. Okay. Yeah, that, that's what I'm after. And uh, how long have you
0: been grinding away at those military missions?
3: Um, I was, I was up in the Federation for quite some time, so I was, I was quite highly ranked up there, but uh, I've gone down to Omicron, Columbia think it is and um, just been floating around there trying to sort of rank up but just doing it very relatively slowly
0: and does the fact that you have a high federation uh ranking not impede your progress for the imperial rank up i thought it was sort of you had to sort of get rid of one before you could start another
3: probably does and that's probably why probably why my promotion hasn't come through
0: Great stuff, okay. Um, Snuffler, what have you been up to, sir? Uh,
1: Well, I wiped my save about two months ago when Horizons was released. Uh, So I cleared my save out, and I've pretty much been trying to get back to where I was, uh, working for the Federal Navy, uh, frequenting resource extraction sites and, and war zones, and basically shooting anything that moves.
0: Okay what was the uh, what was the rationale behind wiping your save was it intentional or did you have a you know computer glitch I, I i can't imagine why i'd ever want to wipe my save now
1: I wanted to wipe my save because back in the alpha days and beta uh, david said that we would be in gamma for a good year and a bit And when Elite was first released, we were playing in the Gamma and our saves carried over from Gamma when there was bugs, when you could cheat to get some money or Ah. kill things when you shouldn't be able to. And I felt like I hadn't earned where I'd got in the game. So I always said once Horizons come, I consider that the end of Gamma, all the fine bits have been ironed out and I can pick up from there and carry on.
0: That's ridiculously honest of you. (laughs) um so where are you now obviously horizon's just out you've had it for a few weeks uh, what have you managed to grind your way back up to
1: i'm back up to competent for uh killing stuff i'm up to cadet in federal navy it's taking it's taking quite a while i'm penniless in a trader i've not done a single trading mission or discovery
0: okay how much cash are you' sitting on
1: uh 10 million oh, okay not much at all i'm not I'm, i certainly don't play the game to grind anything so i'm not one to sit grinding 100 million or a big ship i prefer the small ships so i'm just flying around in a little viper that does me
0: cool okay uh commander Van david what have you been up to sir
1: what have i
2: been up to oh building events for other people um helping craft stuff uh, cgs giving out advice on planning other cgs we're helping with the paladin consortium at the moment um i think they're about to drop into one sometime in the near future uh getting a bit of exploring done while i'm doing it recording stuff for the radio station um yeah and landing on planets and taking screenies lots and lots of screenies
0: Okay, and for those people that haven't quite picked up on who you are and who you're affiliated to, maybe a little bit of background about uh, who you represent, sir.
2: Ah, well, the, the, the Hutton Truckers, um, based a very short distance from Seoul, um, very much uh, a group uh, designed for sort of interactive player-with-player gameplay. So um, it's not really affiliated. We're not Federals, we're not Imperials. We just concentrate on the event and having fun in, uh, in-game events.
0: Perfect. And Any idea roughly what the uh, what the membership of Hutton Truckers is currently sitting at?
2: Well, we're up to about 7.50 on the Facebook group, which is um, fairly active, um, um, but we get a lot more people from other groups join in. We, we seem to be a bit of a nexus for other groups, so we get you guys obviously join us, we get the EDC come and join us, we've had Mobius and a bunch of guys in their group come and join us as well, so um it's us plus all those that enjoy you know playing alongside us
0: let's kick off then let's try and figure out uh, where we all currently stand in the panel at the moment on uh, on the current state of horizons um ian let's uh, let's kick off with you what's your current view um are you loving it are you hating it is uh, somewhere in between what's your current thoughts on horizon as it plays at the moment
4: horizon as itself as Technically speaking, I think it's very good. It's very much a, a blank canvas for the future. But I'm having serious concerns personally with where the game is going outside of the mechanics,
0: if you understand what I mean. That's where my concerns are raised. Okay, so what do you mean by outside the mechanics?
4: Um, well, for example, what I mean is, uh, well, back when this first all started, I mean, I'm sure you all remember because you were all on the forums as well with me waiting for this countdown, how we said we didn't want a very Eve corporation orientated player group style setup start to occur. And laying a- I'm starting to see it happening as as a former Eve player, and <laughs> hence getting slightly concerned about it as a whole. That's that's my that's my big issue. It's the way it's some of the out, outside of the mechanics and the technicalities of Horizons. That's where that's where I'm having the concerns.
0: Okay, so that's the the game as a as a large. What's your views at the moment on the sort of the planetary landings? The new season they've opened up. Yeah, have you down, been down on planets? Mm. Have you driven around in the buggies? Do you think it's worth the money? I-
4: I have, and at the moment, no, I don't think it was worth the money. But then again, when Elite released, it wasn't really worth the money either. We were buying into what was pretty much Braven's canvas for the year for him to do his little thing and play with throughout the <laughs> course and introduce new things as time went on, and we were all happy with that. And again, when we signed up for Horizons, we signed up exactly for that as well. We all, Well, most of us did, a few of us didn't. We started whinging about it on Steam like a bunch of whiny, self-entitled 16 year old kids but now
0: be nice be nice because there might be some whiny 16 year old kids on this call you just do not know so (laughs) but
4: (laughs) yeah it just it just we, we knew a lot of the people who listen to the show follow this agree with this sort of thing i think that we knew what we were getting into it's a blank canvas it's a technical concept and they're going to build on it as time goes on but at the moment and I like it, but at the moment there's nothing to do. I've, I've been down to a planet maybe three times, once with the Hutton guys, and once by myself, and then once in the actual beta, and I was like, well, what now? This, this is pretty dull. Um,
0: back up into space to start getting people in the face. Okay, so, Snuffler, this is pretty dull. Back up into space, is that your opinion?
1: It depends how you play the game, to be perfectly honest. I can see how people can find it mundane if they play the great game to a grindy kind of level trying to get up to the best ship or trying to explore and find the most things if you repeat the thing same thing over and over and over again it becomes boring now i don't play the game to that sort of level so i don't get stuck in the monotonous grind so i don't find it boring
0: Okay, so are we saying that Horizons is only uh, only dull and only sort of sparsely um, populated for those peoples that are looking for you know uh, something that is similar to the way that you can grind in space? Ian?
4: No, that, that's not what I was saying at all, Snuffler. I wasn't saying that it's, I need my grind to keep going at all.
0: <laughs> I need my grind. Was,
4: what yeah, what I mean is, is that at the moment, if I come onto Elite, I can go to a bulletin board, I can go do a mission, I can go out to an asteroid rig like you do and start plinking feds in the face with a space bayonet. But <laughs> there's not there's not much new to do down That's what I'm trying to say. It's there's some individuality, individual, individuality down there. One word Individuality down there. Things to yeah. do down there. I think it's going to be good. But there's nothing new down there. So why am I going to spend ten minutes diving, going down to a planet when I can get my Jollies up in space.
0: Okay, Dave, are you getting your jollies up in space? Sorry, well, up David.
2: In sp- <laughs> yeah. Up in space or down planet side? I mean, for, for me, it's been both. I mean, the very first thing I did when we were in sort of Alpha and Beta was go out there exploring and just go ooh at the sights. And um, so, for the you know solo explorer in me, which is completely opposite to what we spend our time doing, I have been landing in canyons i've been driving across the most amazing planetscapes with rings around them um i mean forget the the circles on the ground with the you know the mission targets and whatever in them just the the visual appeal and challenge of driving the vehicle i have enjoyed enormously um but on top of that yeah it's it's a it's a good framework at the moment we've got these planetary bases there are you know loads of different kinds of them it's fun just to sit there and watch and drive around them um we put together the event with assaulting a a triple star um base the other day we had 25 people storm the thing and work out how to storm a base um there's been the ua stuff recently where uh, well, UA's barnacle stuff, where there's weird, creepy alien bits going on, and um, you know, actually hunting over a planet's surface looking for these things, you know, visual inspection out your canopy to try and see one on the ground below you. I- I'm of the opposite view. There's been there's been a lot to do, and I've not had enough time to take part in it all yet. It's also a good framework. I can I can see that there is the opportunity for a lot of great stuff to be built on this, and I have my fingers crossed that they don't mess it up.
5: Yeah, Colin, would you agree with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm completely in agreement with that one. Um, what I've been doing on the planet's surface is missions, uh, which I've been thoroughly enjoying, uh, just exploring all the points of interest that are that are on a planet, um, as well as scooping a lot of the cargo. I've found that I've been down on the planet's surfaces more than I've been in space, which um, might sound a bit weird, and there's a lot of flying around canyons. When you discover some canyons or craters that um, you could just imagine yourself womp rat hunting down the bottom of them. So I've, I've been having a ball, and uh, the problem that I've, I see is that every time I go online, everybody's complaining about the price point. Mm-hmm. And uh, trying to explain to everybody that it's the equivalent of a yearly sub not an expansion just doesn't seem to wash for people. I think people just look at the big price point and just go, nope, not paying it.
3: Yeah, okay,
0: fair enough. Well, I mean, I'm just looking at the the chat channel as well and I think Commander Flossy's on the the same opinion of you there as whether or not, you know, we should be giving it a little bit extra leeway because this is just the beginning of the season as opposed to the end, so it's difficult to judge value at the very, very beginning. Um, Andy, I'm going to bring you in and then I'm going to come back to the the point about value.
3: Okay. Yeah, Um, I think what everybody's sort of said here already is, is, uh, have individual valid points and I think it's the way that um, Frontier need to play with it and have already started to play with the actual canvas be it sort of Elite Dangerous or Horizons and how they interplay sort of uh, events that go on at those times that will tell the tale as to whether you get something out of it or or you don't Um, It's like most the player, the individual player that you have, be it explorer, be it uh, trader, be it, you know, a combat pilot that there are individual trades and, and, and things that you can go and do that if you enjoy doing you can do more of and it, and the same goes for, you know, be it on planet or be it in space um, I've done quite a lot of exploring and I think um, the um the addition of actually being able to uh, land on planets. I came back to the bubble after being out for quite some time, and um, when I had to get back in order to join Horizons, and then, you know, it would have been really nice if I had been able to do it whilst I was still out there. But it'd be nice to be able to possibly land on a planet and and repair your ship in in, in some way. I'm assuming that that's what the engineering thing is all about. And um, so there's all sorts of other gameplay that's going to be added incrementally. That obviously you know will flesh out the bones of Horizons.
0: Yeah, and obviously that's going to have some uh, some implications. I mean, we've all heard the story of the the anaconda that flew all the way out to, to Sagittarius A and was sitting there picking people off that made the, the big explorer journey and talking about yeah. the fact that actually that anaconda would actually be um quite brittle because it's taken it such a long time and you know the, sh- the whole degradation and everything else would be quite bad if you had the mechanic where he could land on a planet and then fix himself that opens up a whole new ball game of um of gameplay
3: Absolutely, and that's exactly what I'm waiting for. But it's not just that, it's the the idea that other communities are building up around this. A bit like the truckers, a bit like the fuel rats and all the rest of it, that are starting to build into this whole narrative if I have to use that word in in what we actually play so that there are other people and communities that you you, you might just sort of come across uh, ad hoc and and find that you know that there's all sorts of different gameplay going on you get you get into that and you follow them off somewhere else and it just makes the whole thing a, a totally different adventure okay David?
2: Yeah, just thinking about the points that have just been mentioned there, particularly those last ones about um, the gameplay styles and, and possibly why Goose is a little bit less happy with it. The career choices down planet side suit um, explorers. Uh, they suit, uh, you know, cooperative gameplay, but there, there isn't a conflict element. There isn't the same kind of sort of combat and conflict as you get up in space with the first season. So it, it is definitely missing for people who like that part of the game um something like that and i suppose that might be why um, i'm reading words into what he said but but goose was a little less happy you can run your missions you can play around in buggies and i'm loving that because that's what suits me but i can see that there's a bit of a gap there career-wise um for anybody who enjoys conflict and planetside versions of that one
0: well, just to bring you in, in on, the, uh, on that point, I mean, is it just the fact that it's um, a conflict, in, or is it the fact that it almost sounds like you, you have to be connected or be part of the community, such as you're saying that things like the fuel rats and stuff, and obviously with Hut and Truckers doing things, you, know, you have to be part of a community to get anything out of uh, Horizons at the moment?
4: Uh, I would disagree, not at all. There's no need to be a part of a community to uh, get to get anything out of the Horizons. It's just there's, for me, there's not much there. That's all I'm saying. Um, and there's quite a few people like though I know who've landed on our planet and gone. Great. Now what? Oh, we can uh, run missions for the background simulation to increase our faction. Well, we could have done that in the station that was 20 minutes back up in the air rather than coming down here to do it. Right, of this, let's go back to the station, end X, lads. You know, and then straight back up there for team medals. It's, yeah, it's just, it's not that, it's not that there's no pew pew. Though, that would always be nice, because there is pew pew down there. It's just that there's, it's very undeveloped. It's very much like it, what Elite was, this is what I was trying to say at the start. It's very much like Elite was when it first, when we first got our first taste of it. Was it last September now? Mm-hmm. When it first properly, it's pretty much, we're pretty much in the exact state we were with elite back then but we're on a planet as well this time it's always it's going to get better but at the moment it's just like it was a year
1: ago
0: okay well you say it's going to get better and i'm sure you're right because obviously you know, i'm a big fanboy here and I, I have absolute faith in what the creator and frontier developments are, are planning to do but in terms of value i mean there is sort of i'm not sure if it's a leap of faith or it's just a question of trust that um you know paying your money for the season pass, as it were, um, gives you access to all of this expansion uh, further down the line um, but if you have a look at season one and have a look at some of the stuff that came out um, that was a lot of content, but how much of it was you know applicable to to all the players? I mean they tried to do everything for everybody, so you had you know c q c came out i 'll be the first one to hold my hand up and say that didn't really add anything to my particular game, um, power play came out and again it was great for some people but didn't add anything else to my particular side of the game you know, are we saying looking at handing over this sort of 30 40 pounds you know, and, and trusting that Frontier are going to give us the content that's actually worth 40 pounds to me um, or just, is it more of a sort of a lottery as to whether or not it's going to be worth it for, you know, for everybody Colin
5: I don't think people think it is, and that's the problem. Um, there's a lot of people out there, um, mostly uh, not casual gamers, but people who knew about Elite. And um, they enjoyed, I think, the first three months of it, and then it kind of went went on them a little bit. They, the grind got them. Uh, and then when this has come along, they went, oh, hang on, what, I have to pay out an extra 30 quid? It didn't seem to, to grab them. They, didn't, it, it, they just thought it was too much of an ask for what they consider just to be planetary landings. I don't think the message, the fact that this uh, is a whole season of updates, a whole year of updates has got through.
0: Really, because I mean, they put it right up there, front and center. If you have a look at the, you know, the, the websites and the launch trailer, you know, it's the first part of a full season of content where we'll have, you know, multiple commanders, we'll have launching fighters from ships, we'll have you know player avatars and blah blah blah. You really don't think that message has, has got through? Andy? I don't.
5: I don't Sorry, think so. Sorry, go on.
0: Okay. Andy, what do you reckon?
3: Um, I think there's a certain amount of uh, a, a leap of faith that uh, people who have never sort of touched Elite Dangerous before come along to Horizons saying they they effectively get the full Elite Dangerous game, they get all of that content and, and therefore in that sense I think it's well worth its money. Um, they, they, you know, the, the other part of it is that all of the stuff that's in, within Horizons is built upon or the canvas that we had before. I mean, who wasn't amazed at the the galaxy map and being able to shoot through and fly and look at all of that and having that all as part of, you know, um, season one was really impressive, I thought. But I'm a bit like you, Fozzie. I think, uh, effectively, there were some big parts of of Season 1 that I wasn't that bothered about, the CQC stuff, and even some parts of the wing play I I, I could see sort of not working, so I wasn't that bothered about using. Only now am I starting to get into using it. And the power play just, yeah, you know, I've played risk, so I'm not that bothered. So in that sense, to me, now I look back, I don't think elite dangerous was worth it i say that kind of tongue-in-cheek because because effectively i think they're both absolutely worth the money
0: yeah definitely and i can't think of another computer game that i've spent more money on going back to the kickstarter than elite dangerous and i'm not going to go into how much money we all probably invested in it so yeah it's definitely uh, as far as worth is concerned it's definitely a, a, an interesting topic um david
2: well, you've got to look at, you know, bang for your buck on these things. I, I remember reading, and I really shouldn't read the forums because it makes me grind my teeth a bit, but um, reading on the forums, these sort of, the average hours played, and um, somebody released some Steam figures, and uh, the, you know, the average hours played in this game across the whole steam audience including those that picked it up and immediately put it down again was a r- ridiculous quantity of hours you look at the cost of the game you look at the entertainment you look at any hobby uh, or you look at the kind of games where you've got um subscriptions monthly subscriptions and i think the amount we get is an epic amount of content um you know it, it is is a vast season or as they're portraying it whether they're doing a good job of it or not is another matter but they, you know there is an awful lot of new stuff coming in this season maybe it's not as visually appealing because we haven't suddenly got a new universe to explore but you know i uh, the money i've spent on it is a as a drop compared to the fun i've had and the the amount of time you know playing in game on the new features alone let alone the existing pre-existing features
0: yeah absolutely i'd agree with that i think one of the uh, the best quotes from the forum early on um, which Michael Brooks highlighted at one of the cons was that someone said that I played over 400 hours of this game, and it's shit. <laughs> I just thought that was just absolutely priceless. You've invested that much time, and then you come up with that conclusion. Uh, anyway, so uh, who else is... Uh, Ian, will bring you in. Uh,
4: I was going to let Snuffle go first, because he was next in the queue. But <laughs> yeah, just go on, Ian. I was just going to say, I think as well, there's a... Um it's, this is going to sound ridiculous, and it's very generational and almost a little bit, pardon the pun, elitist to an extent. Certain, it seems to be a, a situation where people are growing now in terms of gaming, the gaming generation is growing, where everything needs to be now. You need to be able to do this now. You need to be able to get this quickly. You need to be able to do this, this, that, and this. If I can't get my anaconda within a week, this game's terrible. Wow, wow, wow. I want to be the greatest space pirate. Badger hunter of the world, you know, now give me it. <laughs> and at the moment, so you say, turn around, someone say, Well, hang on a minute, Popeye, you started out a little sidewinder. Let's, uh, let's, let's do some nice little trading, a little bit of shooting. No, 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 I, I need to earn a million credits now. This, that, this. And the problem is that people are assuming that everything should come now to them. And unfortunately, to an extent, Frontier does sometimes give in to them on these things, in my mind, like they did with the refuel, refuel and repair costs. And that is potentially what's causing some of the issues people are having with with this game, Uh, well, with Horizons and expansion. It's because they expect everything now because that is the way the market is geared towards them, whereas in reality, you know, this is a very, should have been a very slow and methodical game.
0: Yeah, I mean, you say slow and methodical, but, I mean, there's a very fine balancing act between being slow and methodical and being a game that's all about grind. Now, yeah, oh, no, I'm the first one to... Uh, I was going to say, I'm the first one to admit that I actually quite enjoy the, the sort of the relaxed pace of it, the, um, yeah, the jumping between stations and earning my money and stuff like that. I can be doing that whilst also doing something on the other second monitor, like watching you know, a TV show. So the pace of it works absolutely fine for me, but I have seen, when it comes to Horizons, people have been referring to... Uh, like all the resource gathering is just space vacuuming Which, you know, when you're, when you're talking about a game as in, you know, You're just basically using a vacuum cleaner on planets Yeah, Is that really excitement? Is that really worth the money? David?
2: Um, well, you can always play catch We had great fun, planet Planetside um, Yes, you space vacuum it What you do is you lob stuff in the air And the other guy's got to catch it with his um, uh, SRV <laughs> mid-air as well I don't know if you've tried doing that, and depending on the gravity of the planets, but it's really quite good fun. And you could spend hours just playing catch. So it's not just hoovering, it's hoovering and catch. You can play piggy in the middle as well, which is quite good fun.
5: <laughs> hoovering with sure ex- No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Colin, what's your thoughts? Well, it was just to pick up on um, Goose's point, on the on the, uh, the repairs. Um, I'm sorry, but the, the first time they... You tried to repair an ASP in the in the previous version. It was crippling. It it, yeah. it, it actually put a barrier in to stop people playing, and I'm, I must admit, well, that was the one thing that I was really happy that they did do, because it 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 it, it just made some of the upper ships completely impossible to use. You yeah, just couldn't not... physically grind the credits they needed to in order to actually. Repair your ship if you got into a bad situation. Yeah, and? Well, that was it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, he means me, I think.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be a problem, I think. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, <laughs> there were certain mechanics within the first game that obviously meant that, that sometimes you got caught in a fix where that effectively you, if you, if you collapsed a massive ship and you actually had no money to recompense it. You were in all sorts of shtuck and you possibly had to effectively restart the game. And there were times when I, you know, even I, you know, bounced off the inside of a Coriolis and and, and felt incredibly annoyed but realised that ultimately it's my own fault. At the end of the day, you know, we're... we're without sounding like a Yorkshireman, we're all gentlemen of a certain age, and therefore we have a certain amount of patience when it comes to this game. Uh, It's always going to be like that. But, you know, the the console kid is going to come along and expect immediate gratification, doesn't always happen, and, I, and and it has to find a fair balance with that. I think CQC has gone its way to try and sort of maintain some interest for those people who are into that. But but ultimately, I think, you know, they, they, they've got to see it for the long haul, hopefully, the, the idea that CQC...
0: Yeah. Ian, what's your point? I was just
4: saying, it's not so much that, it's what I was trying to get across. is the fact that it misses how quickly people can now expand... You miss out on the whole of that year of gameplay that we've had. Um, the best experience I've had in this game was the first four months when I was so space poor. I got excited about getting gimbal pulse lasers for my eagle, <laughs> yeah. or you know, or playing dirt, du- or playing playing the conflict zones in Durius in early December. You know, when they're going, oh Jesus, someone's coming in with a Python. This is going to end badly for me. Or chasing an ass out of the system because it had turned up with a big ship. I mean, I've played a lot of. MMOs, and MMOs which are very roguelike and very sort of punish you for doing stupid things and don't do that again. And Pirates of the Burning Sea was a prime example of this, and this is sort of in this game doesn't really get across that well. You could own a heavy first rate, you know, big ship, anaconda-style thing, no issues. You take it to a port bow well, where it's supposed to be, you used it. It cost you a lot of money, but it got the job done for your side, and you won that battle. Whereas... If you, When you were pottering about, minding your business on a normal day-to-day basis, you'd float about in a frigate or a brig or perhaps a cutter or something. Whereas in, in Elite, because of the way that it's geared to be so well, ridiculously easily accessible to an extent now, there's no reason not to fly your Anaconda. There's no reason not to fly this. I mean, I recently introduced a bunch of my friends to this game when it went to, when it went on sale on Steam, and I took somebody from Sidewinder up to a Python within literally four days of gameplay and we're not talking massive amount of gameplay because we're, we're all 30-somethings now with jobs and real lives. And that is just ridiculous because you missed out so much content by doing that and this is the problem. People, people are expecting so much content because they're used to skipping so much. Well,
3: you okay, remember how did perhaps, you
0: actually manage oh, sorry. that? Sorry, sorry, David, my fault. Um... Ian, how exactly did you achieve that? Because that seems ridiculously quick. Were you doing, like, smuggling missions, training missions, fighting?
4: It was to prove a point for something I'm actually opposing now, which is the Rob Ego smuggling missions and how easy they bloody are.
0: Yeah, yeah. okay, smuggling, because that's all you
4: fine. Need, yeah, you just go, you stack up your missions, you flick between them, you, you cheat and you basically spawn respawn loot by jumping out of the game, going into a new instance to get a new bulletin board. Stack up sixty or sorry twenty or thirty missions, depending on the size of your ship, off you go in an hour you 've got sixty million credits profit straight away, no issues
0: yeah, fair enough, uh, David, sorry I interrupted you
2: yeah, I mean we start sounding a bit like yeah when I was a lad, but yeah, I do remember back at of, earlier on in the game, shortly after being blown up by snuffler a lot, and shortly before the game launched, um, when for instance exploration you couldn 't afford the Um, the advanced discovery scanner so we were going out there and exploring using the parallax method and cunning to try and find planets out there to get your name tagged on them and uh, the injection of cash into it and the easy availability of cash means that just about everything's available that you can do in the game now Um, the challenge now is in the sort of the gameplay and the activities rather than any kind of Sort of achievement by saving up for that advanced discovery scanner or that, you know, Anaconda. They are relatively straightforward um to, to afford these days. And yeah, goose you know, Ian is absolutely right. It is very easy to get new players a lot of money in the game, and they are missing out on that kind of stuff that we enjoyed, you know, right after the start of the launch or even you know during Alpha and Beta. Okay. And
3: Yeah, I think Ian's Ian's right there, I think. But but effectively, they're only doing themselves a disservice. I mean, I remember sort of playing elite back in the 80s when it first came out and we got a cheat code so that you could be elite and then actually have a million, million money and a million, billion money and and effectively it just totally and utterly ruined the game for you. Effectively, that's the case that they have, that that they rank up so quickly doing these things from Robigo that effectively they get uh, an Anaconda... or, and or a uh, clipper or whatever it is and and they find that they've got nowhere else to go and and they feel that there's something lost to them well the, the you know the actual game that they've bypassed has been lost to them and it's kind of their own fault
0: okay you know snuffler you're another yorkshireman you're another gentleman do you think that uh, everything's going to hell in a hand-bass-y?
1: I, don't, I wouldn't go that far uh, I pretty <laughs> much agree with what's been said though Certainly with the What Ian mentioned about getting the python in four days And people and A lot of people have that mentality nowadays So they come into the game They go right what do I need to do They learn X amount of mechanics That allow them to progress in the game And then they just sit, literally sit there <clears throat> Night in, night out Grind, grind, grind They then get bored with the game And complain about it and they don't they don't personally get the 30 pounds that they've been zested into the game out of it but they it's all self-inflicted in my eyes anyway because they have forced themselves into a corner that would require them to grind okay but it's, if that is similar to similar to so I do snowboarding I love snowboarding but if I just literally went to the top of the slope and straight down the slope every single time repeatedly every day i'd be bored of it after a while you've got to go and explore things and do little things here and there instead of just going to a and b in one go
0: yeah i mean i confess i'm not really into sort of skiing and snowboarding but you obviously when you're snowboarding you seem to have to factor in quite a lot of time of sitting down on the side of slopes as well and big groups rather than actually going up and down and just sort of getting into other skiers way is that the other thing about
1: snowboarding uh, no, not really. Certainly, with your snowboarding, it's slightly different from skiing. So you do little spins and butters and tricks all the way down the slope, where skiers tend to go just from A to B as fast as they can. And snowboarding no, so you get there, you get there a lot slower. But I find it a lot more fun. Instead of just going A to B as fast as you can, and it applies to anything in life. Really, if you do the same thing repeatedly, even if you like it, you'll get bored of it after a day or two, and you have to put it down and go and do something else.
0: Okay, well, uh, uh, leaving the snowboarding analogy to one side, um, <laughs> is that the players' fault uh, that you know, they're doing this and they're doing the grind because obviously these way to get money and get you know what they perceive as being the most out of the game by sort of ranking up quickly and getting into all these ships? Is that the players' fault new to the game, or is Frontier Development's not done a good enough job in terms of advertising all the other avenues that you could actually, you know, all the other avenues, all the other careers that you can take up in this game.
5: Um, Colin? Well, I, you know, at the moment I don't think they have. I don't think... Uh, this is a quite a difficult one to call because I think at the moment they've been focusing a lot on uh, trying to promote CQC and other parts of the game and giving a guide to, to new players... I well, I think that's been kind of lacking because at the moment we've got a whole lot of people in that have been in from very beginning, the very beginning, and we've got a lot of people who are, let's just say, veterans of the game so far. And I think they're more concentrating on those. But um, it's a difficult one to call, in my opinion. Ian,
4: uh, it's how can I word it? Sorry, I'm, sorry. What was the question again? I've just completely gone blank there.
0: <laughs> my fault. Sorry. <laughs> have Frontier done it? No, it's, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, if you can understand. What I am rambling on about. No, follow. no, it's um, have Frontier developments done enough to um, to get new players understanding what other sort of career opportunities and different ways that you can actually play Elite Dangerous rather than just go straight for the earn as much money, get the biggest ship, get the biggest weapons, rinse and repeat.
4: But, but coming, this this comes back perfectly to what I was saying earlier about a generational issue this is now how games are played now you know every every game has a tutorial every game has a wiki that tells you how to do this that this that and this you know it's n- nothing is it's hard to discover things or do things yourself now and people are used to having it spoon fed to them and that is the that is the issue it's not frontier's fault it's not frontier's fault at all frontier realistically speaking are doing in my mind they're doing too much for people i mean i've been playing another game recently which is very much elite with wooden ships called Naval Action because obviously old salty sailor and all that and they've got the development team have got a very different approach there they they, for example they had an issue with navigation people were whinging because you don't have a little marker on the on the map you don't have a you, you literally navigate by dead reckoning and what's around you and you're sailing around the Caribbean and someone was whinging about how they wanted the GPS so they could see where they were, despite the fact it was supposed to be a game set in 1700 and all this stuff. the devs just turned around and went no, do one, this is our, our vision this is how we want to do it <laughs> Le- You know, man up, man up and learn how to play it. Whereas I sometimes feel with Frontier they sort of, they belly flop over very quickly like they pretty much did with the Obsidian Orbital whinging that people did for a little while <laughs> back in December where they Deleted all the Galnet articles and hope nobody would notice. <laughs> but, it, but it's not their fault. It's it's the market as a whole.
0: Okay. Yeah. No worries, David.
2: Yeah, well, in, in terms of. Um of the, the the new players jumping in and um, the, them catering to making it easy, you know, it, it's hard for Frontier because they, you know, they're trying to build a player base for the you know the ongoing seasons. I, I get commercially why they they um, making it uh, somewhat simple in some places, you know, to, to cater for some of these new people and to draw them into the future seasons. So there's a there is a commercial incentive for them to do so. Um, you know, more people get in, the more they can experience the rest of this season. But in terms of the 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 danger. Aspect the danger hasn't ramped up at the same time as the money that people have been making has ramped up, and it's something we've all been missing. And one of the little sort of tidbits of information that came out on I can't remember it was a dev diary or one of the updates was that the sort of resurgence of the the AI uh, doom that was coming from a, a more competent AI um, seems to be scheduled for for 2.1, and uh, really quite excited by that one turning up because more money but with more danger would be awesome.
0: More money with more danger. Hmm. Okay,
2: and more ways of losing. More ways of losing. You know what I mean. If you could make a great big anaconda, wouldn't it be great if there were more dangerous ways of losing <laughs> it? If you talk about the smuggling that Ian was talking about a minute ago, it'd be great if you could stack up those ten missions. But by heck, if you could have ten times the danger on the way through because you were carrying that much illegal stuff, and there was a significant chance you could end up impoverished as a result, that would that would be quite an in- injection that would allow some people to get rich off their skills but others might end up uh, doing a snuffler and back in a sidewinder
0: okay guys I'm gonna have to start calling um, I'm gonna have to start calling and Mr. Walsh I think because every time I try and introduce and into a topic uh, you guys just think <laughs> I'm trying to prompt you for more information so mr That's Walsh fine. following on from <laughs> David. <laughs>
3: uh yeah i think there was certain balancing issues when the first when elite dangerous did come out and about how you know you you actually found your way i think there was certain amount of um downplay on exploration because i'm assuming that frontier didn't think it was the you know the more glamorous side of their game which is unfortunately because i think it probably is but there you are um I think what Ian was saying earlier as well—the fact that that effectively, you know, once you've priced yourself out of this market, and you find yourself with all of this money, that that, that effectively you have no real way, no real place to go. Um, but once again, it, it comes down to how much you invest, how much you actually go and look on. Uh, on Reddit or in other places where you find um, other communities that help you do whatever it is that you need to do, a certain amount of hand-holding that way we're all older blokes who, who enjoy exploring things, I think that's probably why we like the game so much there are others who, who just aren't like that and they do need a certain amount of um, scaffolding for their game
0: OK, well, uh, <laughs> to try and avoid this topic going off rails so i can go and get my pipe and my whiskey uh what we're going to do is we're going to jump to an advert and then we come back we're going to talk a little bit about um what's coming up in season two and what we think needs to happen in order to make this a hit or a miss or a maybe
5: lave radio transmitting to every corner of the galaxy
3: This is a public service announcement from the fuel rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will, but you can help us help you by following these easy steps. One, fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. Two, note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. Three, if you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help.
1: 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? Lave radio, transmitting to every corner of the galaxy.
0: Okay, so we're back. Let's talk about the the final section of this Conclave episode. That is what's coming next in Season 2 of Elite Dangerous. So, obviously, we've had the planetary landings, which, okay, seems to be a little bit of a... still a contentious issue, seems to be a bit of a maybe as opposed to a hit for a lot of people. But, obviously, we've got a few more things that are planning to drop uh, from this particular pipeline. So, we've got, in order, we have loot and crafting And to phrase it how they have it on the website, unlocking a world of customization options and adding new value and meaning to every action. Okay. And then we also have multi-crew, allowing teams of players to assume roles aboard the same ship. Commander creation, giving a unique appearance to players, in-game avatars, and then ship launch fighters, allowing larger spaceships to carry their own short-range fighter ships for attack and defense. So this is what they're planning. Obviously, we've got an entire year to uh, for these things to drop, and they're obviously going to be in various different orders, looting and crafting being the first one. Are these going to be enough for people, or are we going to have a situation similar to CQC and Power Play where people are going to look at these and go, meh. Nah. What sort of things do uh, Frontier need to bring in with season two? How do these things that they've already put down, how do these things need to work out in order for people to love them? Let's start with, well, let's start with you, Colin.
5: Well, all I know is that uh, 2.1 has to be something not spectacular, but it's got to be something chunky. Uh, because right at this moment in time, everybody is looking at that, as I was saying, price point, And just thinking, well, I just get, um, I just get planetary landings and, and driving around in a buggy which I know, in my opinion is actually quite awesome but um, for, for most people they don't see it as enough value um, so in my opinion it needs, the, the crafting has to be it, something that will really fire people's imagination um, and the fact that you know these modules that you're supposed to be able to, to gain are supposed to be unique to your ship, is that correct? Or are they just grind it out and get something that everybody else who grinds to that level is the same thing?
0: I think it's well. From what I heard from Pax recently, they uh, they suggested that you'd need to build up a certain amount of reputation with some engineers from the various factions, and then mm-hmm. bring those particular engineers the the loot and stuff that you've got. And if you're at a high enough standard, they can give you a unique module on your spaceship, uh, maybe a, a unique laser that gives you slightly more power than you know the people that you're fighting against. You know your standard players. I mean. I have to say, from my side of things, that's a whole big bucket of yawn. It really is that you know, looting, crafting, as it currently stands, from what they're putting out there, is not something that's going to make me want to go and hoover these planets uh, or build up the reputation. Uh, that, for me, as the first one off the you know, off the bat, is going to be a miss, as far as I'm concerned. Um, David, what's your thoughts?
2: Oh, just a dead quick point on that one. But if you're an explorer, and you can get that extra jump range, and you can get across the Formidine Rift, and, I don't know, it, it does inject into the other parts of the game, which is a quick aside to say, I'm, I don't really agree with you on that one, I reckon there's a, there's a lot that could be dragged down to this, not just better, you know, upgrades, unique lasers, I, I reckon there's, you know, it opens up possibilities on, you know, bigger jump ranges, and, uh, yeah, more fun.
0: More fun just buying able to I don't know save yourself twenty minutes worth of taking a few extra hops. I, I just don't see where the yeah the enjoyment is spending half an hour scooping up stuff on a planet to save yourself twenty minutes in jump. The reason saving is going to, Sell to places
2: to me. going to places you can't currently get to. I mean the the whole Formidine Rift thing um, and there were there are systems that were out of range and for for those I mean I'm not an explorer myself. I'm very bad at it, but there there are people who are excited or were excited about the current materials crafting because. The, the additional jump range enabled them to you know hop to places that were previously inaccessible so i it, there is you know there, there is stuff there that just out of a, an improvement in your jump drive it's not just time saving it's it's opening up new things for people who love aspects of the game
0: okay so new areas of the galaxy which, uh current jump drive technology doesn't doesn't get you to okay that's that i'll take that one that is an interesting point uh ian
4: I think it's a great idea, I really do, and I'm looking forward to it, but unfortunately because of the way that the community is and Frontier as a whole, it will unfortunately come to nothing in the end. It'll be bland and literally a little bit of min-max here and there and nothing more, because... It's already starting. Oh, people are whinging doom, about pe-
0: doom, yeah. doom,
4: doom. <laughs> no, not, not not doom at all. From not doom at all. From whoever anyone wants to with the game, it's their game. But already people are whinging. Oh my lord! There's going to be big groups. They'll 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 take all this bloody assets and they'll make super weapons. Because how dare they come together to do things together as a group to build to make themselves better while they're doing things, which is what this sort of thing is all about. It's about going out as a group, finding, as Dave was saying earlier on, go out, find things, do things better for the group. But, unfortunately, you will find there's a large contingent of people who aren't going to be happy with that, and they will just yell, and they will yell, and moan, and moan, and moan, and then Frontier will give ground, like they always do, in my mind, which
0: is the problem. Okay, so uh, Snuffler, loot and crafting is obviously the the beginning of the end game as far as the solo player is concerned. It's all going to be about big corporations, big community groups ruining it for everybody else. Would you agree with that?
1: I don't agree with big community groups ruining it for everyone else. But one of the problems with crafting I can see in Elite Dangerous is certainly from my perspective, I don't play any of the roles or play Elite Dangerous where I would ever come into contact with the materials that i could use for crafting so if i actually wanted to go and start crafting things i would have to physically buy a ship and then go and start collecting and scooping and mining and everything that comes along with that and that they like you say you mentioned earlier 20 minutes half an hour an hour of playtime that i simply just do not want to do now if you go back to some of the original MMOs. Let's take Warcraft, for example, World of Warcraft. With its crafting, if I'm running around bashing trolls with a hammer, I can pick up crafting materials along the way. I don't actively have to go and start grinding crafting materials. Some people do, and that's up to them. But as a casual player, not interested in that aspect, I can still come across crafting items, and after maybe a month, I've got enough to go and get an object which is great i haven't actually got out my way to get it now in the elite world i don't see how that's going to be possible if you want to craft you actively have to put the time in solidly into crafting it's not like you can just come by the bits flying around randomly which going back to what yeah, you're saying no, earlier, into grinding People just constantly go. I need two hundred okay. objects, and they sit there all night grinding, and then complain about it on the forums.
0: Okay, um, Mr. Walsh.
1: Yeah, I think there's a certain amount of
3: uh, certainly to me anyway. The 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 crafting reads like power play. I don't. I don't. I really don't think that they. The actual mechanics or any of it have been explained that well to your your standard user that would make it really that interesting for them or give them enough impetus to actually bother starting to do it themselves. Much in the same way that uh, Snuffler's just said, um, if that if that's the case, then it just becomes you know a pocket of the game that sort of either use greatly by your whole load of communities and not touched by those who remain on the outside or it's, you know, used extensively if it's really well implemented. Now, I'm not entirely sure how they're, they're going to control that.
0: Yeah, it'd be an interesting one to see.
5: Colin? Well, what, the point I was going to make is it might not all just be grinding. It might be missions that you have to run for, uh, that, for the engineering contact you need. Again, this goes back to the fact yeah, okay, you will probably need to do a bit of, uh, as you call it, space vacuuming. But we don't know exactly what the actual mechanics are. And there could be the possibility uh, of new missions that these contacts will have you go on in order to actually build up the repu- not only the reputation, but also you might say, right, okay, you've got this stuff, but I also need 50 tons of gold, so can you please go... Uh, and source be 50 tons of gold in order to get the, this thing together. You're not going to be just space vacuuming. I just think there's a there's a potential there for more gameplay to come off these engineers and off these all, off the off the off the back of the crafting that people aren't considering just at this moment in time.
4: Interesting point, Ian. This this is this is what I was saying earlier on about how the community has. Qu- certain elements of the community have a certain sense of entitlement and they think this game should be their game and exactly the way that they want it to be, i.e. exactly the way that they play. Certain people might enjoy crafting, certain people might want to go and do that, certain people might want to go and do power play, certain people might want to do go trading like everybody does, you know, all these sort of things, which is great because that's what the game is, it's blaze your own trail, we're told that repeatedly over and over But Frontier never gets to hear the voice... This is what worries me about crafting. Frontier never gets to hear the voices of the people who do the stuff that's not out of the people they normally listen to. And that is where things start to go wrong. This is what's happened with Powerplay. This is why Powerplay is considered like the mangy dog that's being kicked out the door after Christmas Day because it didn't look right with the baby. Um, Because lots of the big groups in the community don't play it, not interested in it, they want to do background simulation, they want to write their own lore about how they are. Star Commander 78, Xavier 14, travelling the galaxy, sexy ladies man to all the Fargoids, etc. Wink. But that's not what it is. It's a game where you blaze your own trail, so everybody, every element, swear, aspect of the game or element of the game should get love, and it Frontiers should be listening to other people who play these things, and that's what worries me about crafting. It's going to go to a point where it's going to come out, they're going to come out, they're going to go, right, we've got this great idea, it's nice and balanced, have at it, lads, you know. If you don't, as, as Snuffler was saying earlier on, if you don't like to go Planet planet Henrying, we'll call it, driving a Henry Hoover around, ships will drop them occasionally, so you can pick them up. There you go, that's an easy fix for that. And um, it's going to, you know, and then someone will go, oh, no, I don't like this, because he gets a plasma accelerator that's 50% more powerful than mine, but he spent three hours grinding for it. This is unfair. I don't like this. And then a few more will jump on Bandwagon, and then it'll be voices that... What I'm, what I'm starting to call within a small group of people, which is ironic because I'm on a bloody podcast at the moment, but the self-perceived cult of a celebrity that is starting to develop around Elite and its player base with certain players they start to feel a bit more entitled and it just gets out of control and I don't want to see it go that way. I really don't want to see this game go that way.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, The mangy dog that gets kicked out of the house on Boxing Day because it doesn't match the baby. Priceless. I'm I'm, I'm keeping that one. Um... (laughs) yeah okay well i think looting and crafting has got a long way to go and at the moment we're not entirely sure what information um yeah there's a lot of information out there uh there's going to be plenty more coming out soon so uh, let's leave looting and crafting for the time being and move on to some of the other stuff so obviously we've got uh multi-crew we've got commander creation and ship launch fighters uh let's go to uh colin again uh out of those three which one has you uh which one floats your boat which one has you excited for the future
5: I can't make up my mind whether it's going to be um, multi-crew or ship-launched fighters, to be honest. Um, It's one of those things where I can't choose between the two of them. Uh, The Commander Creator, well, I know it's going to be needed for um, what's coming probably later down the line. I don't know whether or not it'll be season three or, or whenever, but the walking around ships is you're obviously going to need um, an avatar to walk around a ship. And, but for the moment, I mean, it, that's more adding atmosphere to the game, I think. Um, so I'm, I'm not kind of expecting much from that. But as far as I'm concerned, I can't make up my mind between the ship launch fighters <laughs> and the multi-crew because i think the the genuine orange sidewinder with a, with four of us going a bit mental in it will be an absolute comedy legend
0: <laughs> uh, i agree if only if, uh, if only the sidewinder was big enough to fit us all in apart from in the cargo bay oh no uh, we'll manage one it and you know, the rest of us all smoking weed in the cargo bay i don't <laughs> think it's going to make for great gameplay you know <laughs> well, i don't know um, <laughs> but okay i mean let's uh... <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's focus in on on multi crew again. Um, the interview that Ed Lewis has just done with Pax. I mean, multi crew is going to be an interesting one. Again, it's not been fleshed out yet. Um, but the way that he described it in the uh, in the interview with PC Gamer, uh, he suggested how great will it be if you've got one person who's obviously flying, another person who's obviously manning the guns and trying to fend off attackers, and another person who's in the uh, the galaxy map trying to plot an escape route out of the situation. Uh, the the piloting part i get uh, the guy on the guns i get the poor guy who's trying to plot a <laughs> who's plotting a route to escape i'm not sure i would actually want to be the navigator given the current tools that we've got within this game david do you agree or do you think there's there's a place for the you know, the, the square glassed navigator in the game
2: there's definitely a place for it i mean at um, the last lavecon when we were all there. Uh, you know, playing a different game as a ship's crew, and there was a nominated, you know, engineer or a um, comms expert, you know, do, up in that little room in the, you know, the, the gods of the uh, event. With five of us doing different jobs, I am seriously looking forward to the multi crew, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind, you know, plotting the route, get the next one out of there for a high wake, you know, managing the repairs while other people are doing that, and, and having done that on one or two other games out there. Um, I think uh, Pulsar, as well as another one, where you get to do the, the multi-crew side of things. You know, injecting that into the Elite universe and the game that we've got, being able to bring you know, you know Fletch or you guys and and you know do some of the things we do in game with actually a second crew on board and some of the big convoys. That to me really, really rings my bell. I mean, that really is for me an exciting part of the game.
0: Okay, Mr. Walsh, is it ringing your bell?
2: Uh,
3: yes, yes, and no. Um... It all rings a bit um, of the uh, wing play. Now, I wasn't... In on that at first, because I hadn't really, I don't have friends. I didn't have a lot of friends back at the start, and effectively, you know, uh, <laughs> bringing other people in to play a wing was 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 quite difficult. Now, now that's you know they, they've sorted out the networking issues and, and all of that. That that that's good. And um, the multi crew aspect, I'm really into it as so long as you know you can organise it. But there are going to be people who come to this game relatively fresh who aren't going to have a lot of friends and necess- aren't necessarily. Going to be part of a particular community, so they may be a little left out. I'm sure they can see that, uh, you know, the the reasoning and the 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 attraction of, of doing such a thing. Um, where I fall a bit uh, short is is having ship launched fighters. Um, I'm not entirely sure how that helps with any sort of situation now you know I've got a full fleet of all sorts of uh, decent ships I mean quite a lot of them are, are attack ships you know and a, um and a Vulture and what have you uh, and effectively, those are really good for, for fighting and, and quick combat and what have you. Now, what would be nice is to actually have an Anaconda, which takes one of those, but obviously it doesn't. I'm just also wondering whether the AI is going to come into play when it comes to, to the ship launch fighters. And whether you're actually, if you are on your own and you don't have friends like me, and effectively you're in a, in a battle, that these ships are going to go out and do
1: your bidding for you i wonder
3: whether that's going to happen that's
1: an interesting point snuffler well i'm really really intrigued about these ship launched fighters because i'm assuming it's going to be the big ships the corvettes the anacondas potentially the python maybe that's going to have the ship launch fighters on them now they're the ships that i like targeting with my viper and i have great fun for 10 minutes taking down an anaconda and killing it I'm intrigued to see if adding ship launch fighters into this would make it impossible for a smaller ship to take on a larger one because you only need two extra ships to attack you and you're pretty much a sitting duck. So is it almost an instant win switch button to say I'm going to win this fight against any smaller ships by just literally launching attack fighters?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. Again, it's something they're going to have to seriously look at in terms of balancing. Um, but is the uh I mean, if you could launch AI fighters, uh, is the AI in-game strong enough to actually make it worthwhile? Uh, Mr. Walsh?
3: Uh, the balancing is really uh, paramount I think Snuffler brings up a really good point there I think when you're actually out uh, in res sites or wherever, in combat zones and what have you if you get attacked by two or three particular ones it doesn't matter what you are you will get taken out if you're you're just not quick enough, so therefore if you actually have these fighters and you bring your own army and and suddenly you, uh, you know just uh, descend on, on on a slow lumbering ship if they're not quick enough they are dead and and that can you know you know what the um the forms are going to go like once that happens
0: yes indeed now ian i'm going to bring you back in here again but just to be warned you, the the chat room has referred to you now as the victor Meldrube of the elite dangerous universe <laughs> so you know what is it that you can't believe at the moment
4: <laughs> i don't know I'm, all these things look quite good. I mean, I'm quite looking forward to the face facey thing, particularly when it finally comes into the game where we're able to walk around, primarily so I can stab some Federal in the face with my bayonet and watch him bleed out in front of me. That's always going to be
1: fun. Yeah,
4: going to enjoy that. <laughs> I mean, no, sorry. Um, yeah, and but, but the other two things, it's, it's, from what we've been told, it's the server mechanics that could potentially cause the issue, the framework of the game. Because, as Dave said earlier on, and, and Andy said as well, you can only have four people in a wing. Now, that means that, potentially, what well they have already said, you're only going to have four multi-crew and that's it. So, I'm going to rock up to a big fight in a CZ with three of my oppos. Am I going to bring four of us in anacondas, or am I going to bring one of us in one anaconda? What, you know, you, you do the mass it, it could potentially be quite redundant. Unless, of course, you know, you bring in someone who's completely fresh. As to the the, pilot, the fighters, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm, more, I'm very much a small ship sort of person. Always have been, always will be. But those small fighters, if you fly in the combat zones, you'll know they're absolutely mints. Unless they do something to them that's going to make them effective against the inevitable... Inevitable tank condor with six cell boosts, prismatic shields, and packed the gills with um, shield banks that doesn't mind taking a bit of heat damage while he just sits and tanks all the CZ all bloody night. Um, what they're going to bring to that table, you know, potentially if they could launch and it's all, and then they reland, reload, and go back out again and smash them again, like like aircraft did in naval combat. That'd be br- from afar. That'd be brilliant. But we. As they are at the moment in the game, I don't know. And I mean, again, you're coming back to the exact same issue: do I bring my va- do I bring my anaconda with three of my Oppos it, forming a gla- forming a wing and Imperial fighters who then get squared away and get stuck in while I stand off at distance and act as their reorg ship, or do we all just pile into anacondas and go and slap the dirty Fed in question to begin with? I, we, we all Surely know
5: exactly what's going to happen.
2: <laughs> Surely there's a. Um a question there in terms of the balance is is achieved there by you know you've got to put modules in you can't just get fighters. So if you're taking your you know your, your fighter bays, they're taking up slots that you're talking about having the shield cell banks or hull improvements. Um, there, there is a balance to be had there, both on the power requirements. You potentially got heat requirements. You have then got actual space. For the slots, as we have for the SRVs at the moment, you know, you have to put you know one slot dedicated to the uh, the car park for it. Um, so, my- I was just to say you're,
4: you're missing my point. What I'm saying, I'm not saying that you know I can fly a tanker Conda with a with a fighter wing inside it. What I'm saying is, what's going to happen if I rock up with you know Imperial fighting carrier Ark Royal laden to the gills with glorious Sea Harrier fighter attack planes, you know, and I'm squaring off against some guy who's got that build. And we, we've, all, we've all seen, we've all been in sets, we've all seen in how ineffective those ships are against even a Cobra, let alone, you know, let alone something of that size. There needs to be something to give them that edge back. That's where the balance needs to come. It's not going to be about modules. It's going to be about trying to get these ships to make them combat effective.
2: That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, so they're swarm effective at the moment. Well, see, I, I'll agree see, on that. You see one, yeah. when,
0: sorry, David, go on, mate.
2: See, at, at the moment, they're swarm effective. When we were doing that big uh, CZ thing a couple of weeks back, um, they were a serious nuisance. When you had a wing of fourteen of them suddenly start buzzing you while you were trying to take out a, a you know an anaconda. When we were hunting down those federal um, federal cap ships that were over in Wise, and they could become a real pain, but they had to be a swarm to be a real pain. And again, that's a wing of fourteen. That's not three small
4: fighters with one anaconda supporting them. That's the problem. It's not going to work in that way, as much as no, I'd love agree. it to. Because I would love to be flying it. That's where the issue is coming from. It, and again, and I know you about CQC. Folks, these ships are brilliant in CQC, but they're against ships of a similar class and a similar size yeah. in CQC. We're going to we're talking about you know we're talking about me taking Anaconda out square off against a bunch of people who've been, you know, I don't know, playing forever and now have anacondas or even new players who've been running whatever latest ex-trade route is the ruder core of the day. Y- you're not going to be able to compete with it unless they bring some sort of balance to the table, which is going to be new, which is going to be specific to these ships. What's, and, and you know, and, and the moment that balance gets well, brought in, we all know what's going to happen. The moment that balance gets brought in, we all know what's going to happen straight away on the forums. I own a $300 million credit anaconda I got ganked by four pilots in Imperial Fighters who worked as a team and progressively took me out over 30 minutes. I think this is unfair. And then it'll start and we'll go back to the way we did. Like we did with the third lance.
0: Yeah, we can't we can't dictate for the uh, you know, the whims of the community and the complaining that goes on in the forum. But if you could balance it so that you know, if you were going up against an anaconda and you had these fighters, and yeah, in CQC they're going against things like sidewinders. But even against sidewinders in CQC, those small ships are fast enough and nimble enough to to do a really good job. So. If you can pitch that against something as, you know, in theory, as slow as an anaconda, or as slow as automated turrets or, or gimbaled weapons, and just say that in order for this to work, those uh, mini fighters have to do it on a subsystem basis, so that they have to target a particular subsystem, and you have to work on that. So you have to work on, you know, taking down the turrets of the anaconda, or taking down, you know, the uh, I don't know. Let's say the the cargo of the anaconda and stuff like that and, and work on it in a slightly different way so you, those small ships are never going to be able to blow up that anaconda in the same way that you know, we can't currently blow up capital ships they just don't have the firepower but what they do have the firepower for is taking out subsystems you know, so that potentially you can have a stranded ship left in space that obviously needs to have a repair unit or something like that. That would for me be different enough in game to what we're currently facing in our anacondas to actually make, make it worthwhile you know so, um, so and at that point maybe it's worth the anaconda also having a small defense fleet so they just go small ship to small ship and then you get cqc gameplay in the main game
4: so so this is so what you're saying is is they need to bring some sort of mechanic in to make those fighters viable yeah because at the moment you couldn't do that because yeah. you've got to get through that anaconda's shields which you can't do with something like that
1: yeah no it's a good
0: point uh snuffler
1: Sorry, just picking up on something you said there, Foz, about uh, CQC in the in the actual main game. Are you coming from the, the side of the fence where you, you see these small fighters as being human-controlled? Because I've always I've always thought of them as AI. You're basically a bit like EVE. I think you can launch drones in EVE. So you launch them and they just do their own thing. And then you can recall them to your fighter bay. I never once envis- thought of them as something that you would have your friends in a wing fly. Yeah, I think we
0: saw somewhere with the, the devs that they said that an anaconda should be able to carry a sidewinder uh, in its cargo bay. Um, so if you can get a sidewinder in the cargo bay, then yes, I would imagine there'd be some way that you could use your you know, ship on by the same way you can with planetary landings and go and fly your sidewinder for for whatever reason, attack, defense, or you know, A another.
1: Uh, that's something I've not thought about, actually. I've always thought it would be just AI. But you ships.
0: could be right, mate. You, you could, yeah. It could be drones. I mean, it could easily be drones, or it could be AIs. Again, we don't know, but it would be interesting to have a mix of the two. You know, so you could have your sidewinder, or you could have your ship, uh, or you could have your three, yeah, drone attack ships or defense ships. Mr. Walsh.
3: Yeah, <clears throat> I, I always thought it was going to be the, the players on board these ships could could actually fly out the back. But anyway, taking you upon your what you were saying earlier there, Fazal. I think that you know the the whole idea of actually these small ships actually doing partial damage that that the main ship can then go in and start taking bigger things out, which I think is a good idea. But unfortunately, you know we've had this uh, mechanic already in game, and it's not really being used. Um, what I mean by that is, is, like you're taking out a big anaconda and you start taking down its individual components. Those things don't necessarily go offline. they all It all goes offline together. So effectively, in order to take a, you know anything out, you'll take out individual parts, but only when you've got the whole thing down does it actually die. Now, if, I think it's a great idea to, to be able to go to a ship, hit it, and uh, hit its... Um, Hit its engine so it can't move around at all, and that you can then sort of pick it off and and increase the idea of actually having a mechanic which isn't just blast and kill, blast and kill. That effectively, you know, the mechanic is then brought into play once you have these drone ships or piloted ships that come out of your vessel that take out individual parts that you strategically take apart the ship. And it just doesn't happen at the moment with even with, you know, normal flying.
1: Yep, Snuffler? I completely agree with that, actually. It's something that's a bit disappointing, actually, since the alpha and beta days, because at one point, targeting subsystems and taking out engines of a ship and crippling it was a massive part of the gameplay, and loads of people did that, and it ended up in some really hilarious results as well. What I find, since Elite was launched, is... The the targeting subsystems has been nerfed considerably and by the time you've actually got a subsystem down to zero the hull's either gone already and the ship's blown up or the hull's already at five percent so and i trying to take things out like thrusters just doesn't work anymore Uh, it would be really nice to see that brought back and like someone said earlier, potentially with the drones or the small fighters being able to target subsystems instead of the actual hull, that will bring that gameplay mechanic back into the game and make fights a bit more interesting
0: Yeah, I can see where you're coming from on that one Okay, has anybody got anything else they want to add to that? Uh, Other things that are coming out in, in the rest of the season before we wrap this show up Nobody's got any love for the character creation, the commander, avatars and go on and
3: the big thing that was missing from the back in the, the old elite, to the frontier days is uh, those quirky little characters. That look, I mean, when you look back at them, they look bloody awful. But, you know, the, the characters that they're doing now, I think, um, although they seem quite sort of up-to-date and modern, I think they're going to have to go quite far in sort of creating them in such a way that they... They don't become uh, a bit monotonous. They'll have to be really careful that you know the, the the procedural generation just doesn't become really quite bland, and that that effectively once you start seeing these rank up, and you actually you you communicate with the higher levels within a particular group, that that those within that group do look uh, a bit more mysterious. Gives you the idea that you are leveling up in some way that, and the interest and the attraction is to actually see what. You know the general looks like at the top of the tree. So, but I think they'll have to be—they'll have to put in a hell of a lot of work in order to make that look right. Yeah. I just worry greatly that they may just do a half job on it.
0: Do you think, or, I mean, I'm just thinking uh, off the top of my head as to how you could do that, but, I mean, the procedural generation of faces and stuff, there should be enough variety in there for it to, yeah, to look, look fine. I mean, even in the original sort of frontier and first encounters, you know, there was only so many shades of purple hair you could have on a character <laughs> um, before we started seeing the same ones time and time again. But with this one, with the fact that we've also got outfits, certainly with the military side of things, it should be quite easy to get, uh, yeah, more and more. More ostentatious outfits or, or beards or or something that denotes rank or something that denotes you know a, a level of um, wealth and superiority uh just in the clothing alone which should give you enough a visual cue to make you think that you're you're following these people up the up the rank ladder wouldn't you say
3: yeah, I agree with you to a certain extent. <laughs> But you have to then look back at what they did in Frontier and effectively all they had was the same face or mutations of the same face or about 16 others that they then sort of superimposed on top of different hats. Now, you know, with the best will in the world, you actually look at the 3D sort of uh, models that you actually have, and you see the different varieties of people, and you think, oh, yeah, you know, it's come of age sort of thing, but that generically, when you actually look at them, even, and probably because they're wearing the same suit, I suppose, but that even the faces look relatively similar, and there doesn't look a great deal of differentiation between them all. And that's what worries me, is that, that effectively it, m- it might not, Matter how much tinsel you chuck on these things, that effectively we're always going to be <laughs> looking for the pattern and, and, and therefore become bored with it cri- uh, quite quickly. But I do wholeheartedly agree that okay. there needs some kind of interaction on that. I think these, these avatars need to correspond in some way.
0: Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, I think the wall of text thing was fine when the game was just starting, um, and I know they can't do uh, in game. Uh, in-game speech like the likes so, that we saw in, in Wing Commander, because it would just take too long, and in the end you'd start hearing the same stuff over and over again. But I think, as a bare minimum for any game, we should be able to have now procedural-generated avatars that you know just add that little bit of extra immersion into uh, into the game. And I think. Uh, Certainly the way that they've got it with the character creation tool that we've seen uh, on all the dev diaries and stuff. I think this, this, this will do the job fine, you know. Um, I didn't expect it when I was playing EVE Online uh, to make that much of a difference to me. We went from the old sort of cartoony faces to the, you know, the, the really sort of slick character creator. Um, But that, combined with the sort of walking around in your own sort of commander uh, rooms in EVE, actually added a little bit more than I thought it was going to. So I think the same thing will be true for Elite Dangerous. Um, Okay, well, we're running out of time vastly on the show, but uh, I didn't really want to cut anybody off in their prime. So what we'll do is I'm going to just quickly go around everybody, and I'm going to ask you two questions. Well, I'm going to ask you the same question twice. I'm going to ask you whether or not uh, Elite Dangerous Season 2 Horizons is a hit, miss or maybe or undecided uh, as it currently stands and then what you think you'll be feeling looking into the future a year down the line whether or not it's going to be a hit miss or maybe by the end of all the content that comes out so we'll start off with our station archivist mr colin ford current game hit miss or maybe
5: uh current game as it is i consider it a maybe Maybe. Undecided. Yeah, well, uh, at the the moment, uh, it is is unfinished. It has potential, but um, I don't think it's managed to prove itself so far. Uh, At the end of the year, I think it'll be a hit, because, believe it or not, as much as I do whinge about Frontier, I do have faith that what they're able to do is going to be good. So they get more things right than they do wrong.
0: Okay, so a uh, maybe at the moment and a hit later on. Snuffler,
1: now and then later? Uh, depends which side of the fence I'm stood on. If I'm using my virtual reality DK2 Oculus Rift, it's definitely a hit. I could spend hours in the game just flying around. On a gaming monitor, I played it the other day, potentially a maybe. I, just the immersion of the Rift just outweighs everything okay. in the game. At the end of season two... I think it will be a hit. I think the, the features they're adding will please a lot of people. Not Maybe not everybody, but it will please a lot of people. So I think a hit and a hit.
0: A hit and a hit. Okay.
4: Um, Ian? At the moment, I would say it's it's definitely still a maybe. Because I suppose, really, the Frontier are only going to really judge it by being a total hit if they sell the exact same number of copies of Horizons. That this old elite, or in other words, they've got enough pe- the exact same number of people that play Elite Dangerous that are playing Horizons because there's people like yourself and a few others who have the lifetime passes already. Anyway, but I think with the community, you know, with the great things that are happening in the community and the development that's starting to happen um, with the game itself, I think the fire will rise and it will potentially be
0: a hit at the end of the year. Okay, so that's three hits by the end of the year, so we're optimistic. And are you uh, are you going to join that band, Dragon? Are you going to be optimistic by the end? What's the current thinking of it now?
3: I'm um, a bit like Mr. Ford. I think at the moment it's, it's a maybe, but I hate sort of categorizing it like that. To me, I think it's quite a good product as it is now, but I wouldn't necessarily say it was a hit i think the stuff that's coming is is what's going to to make its metal i think the things that are planned uh actually entice me much more than the stuff that was planned fairly dangerous um i think by the end of the year yeah, it will be a hit I'm, I'm more or less absolutely sure of it
2: okay and finally david for me it's a hit at the moment it's a hit on how absorbing it is it's a hit on having so much to do i can pick what i like to do um in terms of what's coming in the future it can only be better i mean it's it's a great hit at the moment it's a hit with lots of opportunity Uh, as that opportunity turns into reality and we get the extra stuff i can only see it getting better and being more of a hit so with me a hit and a hit definitely
0: Okay, and from my side of things, uh, I was going to follow the trend. Uh, I'm undecided, I'm a maybe at the moment, uh, but again, I'm a fanboy. I've got those rose-tinted remlocks on. I'm pretty confident that uh, Frontier are going to pull this one out of the bag and it's going to be a hit by the end of the year. So... uh, overwhelmingly it's a, it's a undecided maybe at the moment with a hit by the end of the season uh thank you very much guys for coming on before we let you go where can people find you uh where can people track you down on the internet if you want to be found david
2: uh or the Hutnorbital truckers facebook page or the you know, radio station you can find that
3: through both of those previous ones
0: perfect thanks for going on mate uh, mr walsh
3: i'm in omicron although i'm floating in between both um there and i go uh, expert as well i've been floating up and down there they've got a great little uh little res zone to play around in and then i might just be off to the horseshoe nebula so i might be out of the bubble anyway
0: okay so if anybody sees you out, out of the bubble you're nexus rejecting game aren't you
3: that's me yes
0: Okay. Ian, where can people track you down if they want to follow more of your Victor Meldrew-style musings on Elite Dangerous?
4: (laughs) I am currently located just outside Robrigo Mines, scanning any player who logs into the instance docked up. Failing that, you'll see me just outside of Scenic Orbital delivering more unified artifacts to the station, or wherever the Emperor's will needs to be carried out.
0: Brilliant stuff. Okay, and uh, Snuffler, just so that everybody in game can avoid you if they possibly can. Where are you sort of hanging out, and where do you hang out on the internet if people want to follow your musings?
1: Uh, I don't particularly hang out on the internet. I try and avoid it at all costs. Uh, in-, in game, I'm usually in any war zone or resource extraction site, or where the federal military are giving hook and truckers a spanking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Smashing and finally, Colin. I know you obviously you hang out at Lave Station's bar most of the time, but what about uh, Top Shift? Do you want to give that a quick shout out?
5: Yeah, we've got the latest Top Shift, which was released this morning, uh, and it it, uh, it basically goes over uh, what we're expecting in in two point one and uh, and beyond, and also. Um, If anybody could go and check out Dave Hughes' latest stream, it'll give the update of where we are currently with the tabletop miniatures game and the combat simulator for the role-playing game, which I am pleased to say has made good progress in the last week, and we might be looking for volunteers for playtesting sometime this month.
0: Great stuff. OK, well, that's it for another episode of The Conclave. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, Facebook forward slash laveradio, at laveradio on Twitter, or you can join the Skype chat channel by adding me, Fossawada1, to your Skype contacts and let me know you want to join the Elite Dangerous chat. You can join us on TeamSpeak, uh, where we are at laveradio.teamspeak3.com. Uh, and Laveradio will be back at the normal time, in the normal format, next week at 8.30. And we are streaming, obviously, live out on Twitter or at laveradio.com forward slash live uh, so the commanders are joining me on this particular episode, until next time, fly safe and if you can't do that, fly dangerous <music>